0: Welcome to the Culture and Inclusion podcast. This podcast is for you if you care about diversity, inclusion and belonging. It is for you if you want you and your workplace to become more inclusive. I am Nadege Minois and I'm passionate about cultural diversity. In this podcast, I will share my experience and knowledge to send you on your way to becoming inclusive. You will also hear from guests, experts in the field and sharing their experience with cultural diversity. To make sure you don't miss an episode, hit the subscribe button now. And now, let's begin with today's episode. In a previous episode of the podcast, episode 5, I talked about the different levels of awareness to differences. And you can go back to the episode to listen to it if you haven't done so or if you want to refresh your memory about it. In this episode, I want to go a step further and discuss how you can raise your level of awareness. Raising your level of awareness and the ones of the people around you will improve inclusion and belonging in your team and organization. So I'm going to touch on two subjects in this episode. In the first part of the podcast, I will delve into why we react the way we do to diversity. In the second part, I will discuss some steps you can take to raise your awareness to differences. So let's begin. In this first part, I will look at how we react to diversity and unfamiliarity and argue that a key to becoming more aware of differences is to actually be exposed to them. Understanding our brains working can help us with inclusion. I recently finished a book about creativity. The book is The Creative Curve by Alan Gannett. I'm not recommending the whole book here, but one part particularly interested me. It was describing how our brains handle new things, how it is that some things come to be extremely popular, we come to like them. It also looks at where the paradox that we are both attracted to the familiar and the novel comes from. It even reported studies that tried to see what the effect could be on racism. So let me walk you through this and give you my take on what it could mean for diversity and inclusion. So. It was found that the more familiar something becomes by repeated exposure, the more we like it, like in bracket. So how does this occur? Well, our brain has both an avoidance reflex towards the unfamiliar and an approach reflex. And the studies showed that familiarity decreased our avoidance reflex. But it didn't change our approach reflect. So it seems that familiarity reduces the fear we have for something. This is why familiarity makes us feel safe. We may not like it, which is why I put like in bracket before, but we feel safe in familiar environments. On the other side, novelty attracts us because it activates a different part of the brain, the motivation centers. And this is what allows us to try new things, to explore new territories. How could this then explain and be used with how we react to diversity and our view of inclusion? So it looks like exposure is a very important part. Without exposure, something cannot become familiar. Now, when we think to our exposure to diversity, we should recognize it is not that much for most of us. Let's take the UK, for instance, where I live, and the idea of race ethnicity I mentioned earlier. So according to the 2011 census, the latest available at time of recording the podcast, 80% of people classified themselves as white British. Then you add another almost 6% of other white backgrounds, including me. It leaves you with 14% of people classifying themselves in other categories. It means that of the people you will meet in the UK, just above 1 in 10 will not have the same skin color as the overwhelming majority. Another aspect is that a significant proportion of interactions with people from different cultures, different backgrounds, is, if I can say, by default. Like the people we see in the street, for instance, or work colleagues, we do not choose completely these interactions. So think about the close people you interact with, like your friends. How diverse are they? If like most people, our friends are likely to be rather similar to us. In short, we lack the real exposure to diversity, to be able to fully embrace it, getting really familiar with all its aspects. And from experience, I know what real exposure means. I have lived in five different countries. And it is when you immerse yourself in something different, with different people for a significant period of time, that acceptance and understanding begins. It is more than reduce the avoidant reflex I talked about at the beginning. It really goes beyond that. So now, what about novelty and the motivation centers then? Could it be one of the mechanisms that explain we are usually excited and positive at first when we are in a new place or meet new people? Then later on, these centres are not activated anymore and we fall into culture shock. Could this give us a clue about how to improve inclusion in our organisations? How can we change that relationship and level of interaction with different people to foster understanding? real curiosity and eagerness toward learning about differences, let alone how to use the power of these differences to improve our organizations. So in order to achieve this understanding and eagerness to take advantage of differences, we need to have a high level of awareness of differences. And unlike the exposure part, which relies both on us and our external world, Reaching a higher level of awareness is fully in our control. We choose to do it or not. And so in this second part now, I'm going to give you 5 steps that will increase your awareness. We know there's a lot of talks about becoming more inclusive. We may think of it at the level of an organization, but at the end, it's all about people it is people in whatever group they are part of who exhibit inclusive behaviors or not so becoming inclusive begins and ends with people with you so let's go through the five steps the first step is to become self aware the first step is to understand yourself you need first to know what your beliefs assumptions, biases, values, and so on, are. You need to understand how your cultural background has shaped how you think, you behave, you communicate. You need to know your triggers, your blind spots. Understanding what your view of the world is and where it comes from is essential before trying to learn and understand others' views of the world. Then the second step is to keep learning. What we think and do is always limited by our current knowledge. This knowledge is our window on the world. So by acquiring knowledge, we can reduce the scope of what we don't know. And this new knowledge opens perspectives and creates understanding. So an important step towards becoming more inclusive is to increase our knowledge and what makes people differ. How can we do this, you might ask? Well, there are several ways. You can, for instance, find many books and resources to read about differences. It can also be reading from sources you would not normally read. Try to read news from different sources, different countries even read books from authors from a completely different culture from yours, for instance. Because inclusion is about interaction with people, a very good way of learning about difference is to engage in meaningful conversations with people from different backgrounds. Learn what people are about, what their values are, what is important to them, how they see the world, and share what these things are for you. And finally, another way for sure is to take courses or attend workshops that professionals like me can offer. So after learning, the third step is all about respect. So learning about differences is that first step in that sequence. But what do you do with it and how you take it makes all the difference. Knowing about the differences is one thing. But it will not help if we let our biases and assumptions kick in and let us judge negatively these differences. So the next step is to respect the differences. It is crucial to cultivate a non-judgmental approach and an open mind. And then accept. A step further is to accept these differences. After all, they are there. They are real. Dismissing them is not the way to go. To be inclusive, you need to accept the differences. Accepting is different from agreeing. You can still keep your own point of view without negating or rejecting others. So by now, you are on your way towards becoming more inclusive. And finally, integrate the differences. Make the differences yours. Being inclusive is not just recognizing that others have different ideas. Being inclusive is taking these ideas into account, taking what the others are fully into account, and use the differences we have to build something better together. Diversity is a strength. Inclusion is the actions we will take to use these strengths to change behaviors, to create a place where people's differences are seen as a powerful asset. So integrating our differences is combining what each of us has to bring to forge a better outcome. On which of these steps do you think you need to focus to become more inclusive? So I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I'll be with you in the next episode. If you listened to this point, it is that you probably liked what you heard. So subscribe, leave a review, share the podcast. I would be very grateful for it. Last, I want to record credit to Bensound.com for the music in this podcast. Until next time.